Welcome to Guilty Treasures, a podcast about everything you ever loved and were afraid to talk about. I'm your host, Ann Kern. And I'm also your host, Emily Cardamus. And this week we have on Amy Liz Wilbur, who is a dear friend of mine, also a lovely artist and cosplayer, but she came on to talk about uh, sort of like building uh, tabletop RPG characters, also tabletop RPG characters in general. We kind of go all over the place with this one, but I, I think it's like, it's all connected, so it's hard not to talk about the sort of like a lot of the generalities of, of tabletop uh, role-playing games. Yeah, and I think that character creation as a concept, there's there's a universality to that regardless regardless of what media you plan on using that character in or how. I mean, obviously, there's some some interesting specific requirements when you're creating characters for something like Dungeons and Dragons, because it's different than than a novel. But at the same time, there's still that kind of, you know, I think ser- searching for the core of a character is, is universal across whatever you're you're doing it for. Yeah, absolutely. And all of those, like, even like you said, for like a novel or for a game, like and even among different systems, they're all kind of using a lot of the same language anyway so it's really interesting how like a lot of those things end up overlapping um but also then like you know inform how you you know play a game and interact with your friends and and things like that and uh it's it's just a really it's just a really lovely conversation i think (laughs) i concur (laughs) (laughs) but without further ado uh let's go to the conversation Well, we can just like slide right into it. Amy, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and talk with us today. Ah, oh, you're very welcome. Uh, if you could just like introduce yourself, maybe give like a brief sort of summary of like what you do or like what you want to like what information you want to present about yourself, basically, <laughs> and then introduce the topic that you brought to talk about. Okay. Uh, so yeah, my name's Amy or Amy Liz, um, Raptor Queen in some places. Um, I'm on Twitter at Amy Liz underscore W. I mostly just post art and talk about D&D stuff, which will be relevant later. I'm going to be talking about creating characters for tabletop games and stuff like that. The character creation process. I feel like for a certain set of like D&D or other like tabletop role-playing game players, like this is the like most exciting part. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's why I'm talking about it because it is like, it is so much my jam and it has been for so long that I really nerd out when I'm talking about it. So it seemed perfect. I feel like I want to like ask some like background stuff before we get like really, really deep into it. So like, when did you start playing like tabletop role-playing games? Um, I'd say it took me a while to get into tabletop games specifically. Um, it wasn't until D&D, like, just a few years ago online for the first time that I really started getting into it. But I have a long history of creating characters that are sort of, like, adjacent to the tabletop scene, if that makes sense. Like, going back since I was, like, a young teenager probably making, like, um... This can go, like, to a really deep internet lore (laughs) nerd space if we want it to. Yeah, no, hell yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay, this goes real, real far back. So, back in the day, like, I think most people who are, like, in a certain online space understand that there has been, like, role-playing forums and stuff like that for a long time. I kind of predate those a little bit. (laughs) So... 
So in those days, like the only place that I could find, and I stumbled on it by accident, was like Yahoo Chat, right? And it was like, they had this arts and entertainment section that people had somehow taken over to make like taverns and like Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, this was like pre-live journal text-based role-playing days. So, yeah, like I was just a kid and, you know, I had a big imagination. I loved reading. I just wanted to make characters and like play in these worlds. The downside was the worlds were kind of garbage. <laughs> Like, all I wanted to do was like, oh, I'm going to make this cool character with like this interesting backstory because, you know, I was a little nerd. But then you go into this online tavern and it's like, you'd have like the typical like fantasy wizards and like all these cool fairies. And then like, I don't know, like Neo from the Matrix would walk in or something. <laughs> it was just a mess. So that's my, my humble origin. <laughs> just like imagining that right now like and it's a really good mental image yeah so like you said you didn't get into like D&D and that sort of thing until then later so was there something about like the character creation aspect of that that like what was it that really hooked you about that so I kind of had a bridge between that early start and stuff like D&D where I got into um, gosh this is another like really <laughs> deep internet hole there was this thing called like a mush or a mux and I don't even remember what that stands for anymore but it was like a text-based role-playing game through like telnet really old school they're still around though they're still going they're still around oh i didn't even know oh yeah and they'd be themed around certain things like certain series or books or whatever and i got really into those because they had these fleshed out worlds that already existed and you could make a character that fit into that world or you could play a character that was like already established in that world and often they would have character sheets or a character creation that was very much um, taken from things like D&D, even though I haven't played D&D at the time. That was kind of my introduction into, like, making a sheet that had, like, stats, and that's what informed what your character could do. And so I got really, really used to that at a young age, especially, like, as a teenager. I was home a lot because I was, like, sick during high school, so I had a lot of time on my hands. So I would just make characters, and so it became very, like, second nature to me, I guess. So you, you did know that there were other kinds of role playing that that you know something like D and D that was that was done in a different environment. Well, I guess this is sort of a two part question. One is like, what was your kind of impression about tabletop? Was that something that you you didn't do because you know you sort of have to have access to a physical group and it's it's very complicated. I think it's hard to find people to play with. And back then you couldn't really you couldn't necessarily as easily do that online. You know the other kinds of role playing were a lot easier to execute in an online space at that point. So was that was that why it it took you a while to kind of get to D&D? Yeah, absolutely. And like, I think for a long time, I had like a kind of a weird impression of it too, because it's not like now where you kind of, it's easier to access and see what it's like, because there's so many popular uh, things online. But back then, and like for a long time, all I knew was just sort of, it was hard for me to imagine myself doing that. Like it was one thing to, you know, write all of these paragraphs in text and interact with people that way, but to be saying stuff out loud at a table, like, <laughs> <laughs> no thanks yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at me now yeah. <laughs> but also it was from the very little bits of D&D that I had seen or heard about from people that I knew it was it didn't really appeal to me the way that it was described like it was all oh like we we're gonna fight these orcs and loot the bodies like it, I was there for you know I want the deep character stuff like why are these characters doing what they're doing who are they like that's what really gets me and I didn't see the potential 
in D&D until I started kind of like seeing people that I respect or whose art I like playing it. And then I started, you know, listening to stuff like The Adventure Zone. Yeah, so I, I do I do want to know, and I know this isn't directly related to the character creation question exactly, but I think it is because it speaks to like what you were doing with these characters and how that informs the way that you create them. Like, what were you doing in, in like the mush groups or whatever? Like, can you talk a little bit about what those kinds of interactions were like? Or maybe do you remember any of those characters specifically? I do. There were a lot of them. And a lot of them were very much like they would kind of have like a normal, it'd be like a normal town with, oh, there's something strange going on in the background, that kind of thing. Kind of like Buffy inspired uh, was a popular one. And I don't know, it was what really hooked me was the depth that it would go into. Like you would have a character and you had to write a whole backstory for them. You had to write all their personality traits. Like it was very in-depth. And I think it kind of trained me in a way in, in thinking about how characters work. And they would go on these journeys and they weren't necessarily like these epic adventures. They would start very small, like these small personal interactions between characters. It felt very real. Like you could get, they would have these friendships and sometimes they would last for years playing on these games. And then they would go on like these, you know, once you establish a relationship character to character, it matters more from that point on what they do. Like the stakes are kind of higher. And that's something that I love in, in D&D as well. I would kind of um, go at character creation, even back then, kind of sideways. Like I would love to take like a character concept and go kind of differently than what you might expect for that world. Because, you know, a lot of people would come in with these characters who were, you know, they were meant to be heroes or they were meant to be like these edgy, shadowy figures or whatever. And I'm like, here, okay, I'm going to play uh, this suburban mom that everybody kind of hates. <laughs> or I'm going to be this awkward guidance counselor. And <laughs> I just, I don't know, I just feel like making the more realistic characters pays off more in the end. Mm-hmm. I don't know where I'm going. That was a tangent. <laughs> no, that actually leads me to like, I was going to ask, like, are you drawing inspiration from like other media? Is it a story that you already have in mind? Like, are you just thinking about like stats first? Like, what is your sort of like standard character creation process? It definitely depends character to character, but there'll always be like a seed of an idea that I have that mm-hmm. I'll build on. Um, I'm always character first, stat second. I definitely see how it can be the other way around, and that's totally cool too. For me, I like to have an idea of who they are and why they are the way they are, and then fill the stats in based on kind of the idea that I roughly have. And then if it's like a character creation process that involves something random, like rolling for uh, certain stats, then that'll just further inform the idea that I have or kind of put a twist on it. Yeah, I mean, like, which makes sense. You're, if your primary focus is like the storytelling aspect, like that, you know, makes a lot of sense. You can definitely sit down and be like, here's a stat, all right, I'm I'm going to make like a story, like a character with a story out of this. But like, yeah, I I relate to that a lot because I'm very much the same way where I'm like, oh, yeah, this is the character I want to make. Now, how do I put all the numbers in the place that makes like narrative sense? Oh, 100 percent, 100 percent. And that can be challenging sometimes because sometimes it doesn't quite line up with what you were thinking. But that can be interesting, too, because it kind of makes you think outside the box and do something a little different than what you had planned. And that can always lead to something interesting. Yeah, well, and especially because you're dealing with like the interaction of a story and then like math like have you ever had a moment just and I'm asking this because like I feel like this is something that I've dealt with like playing D&D where it's like you've built a character a certain way and then you've realized in like through the storytelling aspect of like oh I wish I had done the numbers differently <laughs> 
because of what this oh, character yeah. is now doing. Oh yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Maybe like from since we're we're sort of talking about this in a, a hypothetical sense about about character creation. I don't I don't know if this is the best time to do this or not, but I'm curious since since both of you are playing in a game, a tabletop game together, can you talk about your characters and or anything about that? Like I, I know um, you're DMing, right, Amy? So yes. So, but you have NPCs, and I know NPCs can mm-hmm. become beloved children as well. <laughs> oh, oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I was hoping we were going to talk about that as well because I think that's one of the reasons that I took to DMing so much is I love making characters, and it's like, oh, all of a sudden I get to make a million characters, and I get to make the world. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's a dream, especially with what you said about like your early experience before you even got into tabletop games. Like, that's a one to one of like, oh, and here's all the like, here's the story part of it and you get to build it (laughs) yeah plus you also get to help like the pcs like the people playing you get to help them flesh out their characters and i really like that process too do you feel like you approach making npcs and making your own characters differently i mean obviously like there's a certain amount of like stats that like you don't need to pull for an npc and like the math is a little different but like that ideation process of that you described like do you approach it differently, like, from the world-building aspect? It is different. It's similar in some ways where, like, I have to figure out, you know, where they're coming from, who they are, what their personality is, but it's more, okay, so how are they going to interact with the party? What is their purpose in the world? Like, why are they here? How are they going to be of use to the story kind of thing? But they're still a person, you know? They're still living in this world, so they, they're they fleshed out to varying degrees. Like, more important NPCs will have kind of a... A more full backstory or maybe even a, a larger uh, like stat block than just like a random shopkeeper. Although with my luck, it's going to be the random shopkeeper <laughs> that everybody is obsessed with because that's how that works. Yeah, I was going to say with my experience as a DM, everyone fixates on the one person, like the weird goblin in a corner that you gave a name and that's it. Like, Yeah, okay, so the game that we're in, the first session, <laughs> you all adopted the random NPC bugbear who is still with you. You were just gonna meet him for like a minute, but now he's just—he's yeah. just there. But he's a good boy. And like, I feel you know, as the player, like I don't know if I feel bad for him or not because like he is just kind of—we did just kind of rope him into like this weird adventure without giving him a whole lot of agency. But you know, like that's how D and D adventures go. It really is, and he's kind of Eeyore. So it, yeah. what else was he gonna do? Right. No, I, I, and granted, this is weird now because I am a player in your D&D campaign. Um, so I hopefully this is, doesn't like broach on like metagaming or anything like that. <laughs> but like in those scenarios where a party sort of like adopts an NPC that you might have very roughly fleshed out, like how do you approach making that character more, I guess, more real in the world? Because now they're like a, a larger player in the story. I definitely have to give those NPCs more thought <laughs> afterward. Like in this specific instance, I had a, a pretty good idea of who he was and, you know, where he's coming from and the kind of information that he had. But knowing that he was just kind of go along for the ride, now he has like a whole sheet because he's there all the time. He just had to get fleshed out a little more. Sometimes that kind of thing happens on the fly where there's an NPC where I don't have much made up for. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're talking to them for 10 minutes and all of a sudden they have like a whole life history that wasn't there before. <laughs> That's a different kind of character creation, but still character creation, I guess. Have you had the reverse happen, that there was some NPC that you had sort of poured a lot 
of time and love into that then for some reason your player characters chose not to interact with or not in the way you expected? Not yet, but I anticipate it 100%. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I mean, I guess there's a, a fair continuation of the question, which is like, have you had NPCs that you didn't flesh out that then the the player characters, for whatever reason, decide to sort of adopt and love? Uh, Like, have any of those become some of your favorite characters, like sort of that you had to, I guess, you know, like you had to love them the way that the players did? (laughs) It's definitely happening with um, Geralt, the bugbear that they adopted. He's he's just he's so sweet and down on himself all the time. It's really hard not to not to love him. I do really love playing him, so I don't mind at all that he's been adopted. <laughs> I think I'm struggling because, like, I I feel like there's so many different ways to approach this. Everyone makes D&D characters differently, or, or NPCs differently, and their relationship with it is so different. So yours is, is, like, you know, very unique. And I think it's also, it goes hand in hand with, like, what your play style is like. So I want to circle back really briefly about, like, when you're making characters to be a player, like, as you yourself when you're approaching making those stories that then you're building stat arrays onto and you're you're finding those seeds of ideas are those coming from an idea you want to explore or are you basically like because like if you're me um you're doing the like i want to play this like idealized version or like not an idealized version of myself but it's like you're you're playing sort of like fantasy you in a sense or are you trying to build sort of different narratives like with your characters i think i more go for different narratives. There's probably aspects of me that I write into them that I'm not super aware of when I'm writing them, because that definitely happens. But I kind of always have like a handful of characters or more in the back of my mind, just in case that I kind of like to percolate on. I'm not good at like, I was about to say I'm not good at making up characters on the fly, but that's like all of DMing. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, But like for myself, for PCs, I like to kind of sit with them for a while. Like if somebody said, oh, you need to have a character ready for a game we're playing tomorrow, I would panic if I didn't have any. Like, I need to sit with them and kind of think about them and and let them brew and figure out their backstory and ask questions about, you know, the world that they live in and how to fit it in and stuff like that. Do you have a way that you like to structure that process? Because I know some people really work through things mentally for a long time before they actually choose to write anything down. And some people um, with character creation, even, you know, for, for other kinds of works of fiction, they have something like a form that they fill out, you know, that has some specific questions about certain traits that they want to know or or questions that they want to have the answer to about these characters? Like, do you have a set format for the way that you build and expand on the characters or does it vary from character to character? Uh, I don't have a set, like, form, but I tend to, like, once again, I'll think about it for a long time and then when I'm actually ready to uh, use that character, I'll start just kind of writing down point form things about them. And I'm trying to, like, I've been trying to make it easier on myself instead of, like, sitting down and writing, like, paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs. I'm just like, here are personality traits. Here are things that I want to explore with them. Here's aspects of the backstory, like completely unorganized just to get it out of my head so that I can look at it after and kind of break it down into something that makes sense, especially if I need to show it to somebody else. <laughs> and often like like a DM or something like that will have a list of questions that I can fill out to sort of inform them of what I'm thinking. It's hard, like I'm the kind of person who will, for when it comes to characters, I kind of feel like I'm doing like extra homework. <laughs> like I'm that kid who's like, can I please have more homework? I, <laughs> I want to write more. Like, I, I get kind of nervous. Like, am I sending too much information? Or, But I just like to have it even just for me to look back on the backstory and, you know, remember what I was thinking in the beginning because sometimes it can change, which is okay. Like, sometimes as you're playing the character, they'll do things 
things that you weren't expecting and it kind of changes what you envisioned, which is a really cool thing about like tabletop characters in particular, I think. It's a bit different than sitting down and writing a story where you have like beats planned out. The randomness of it and like the things that can happen with the interactions with other characters and like dice rolls, like the things that happen are just wild that you could never predict otherwise. That's something that I, I love about D&D and other tabletop games. Do you have like a favorite character that you've built or played or, or a favorite NPC, like either or? Uh, well, I love the character that I'm playing in D&D right now. Um, her name's Hazel. She's a cleric and she is a little gnome who's half goat through a series of circumstances. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And she is just delightful to play, and I'm glad that my DM was like, sure, you can play half-goat centaur person, that's fine. <laughs> and as for NPCs, I feel like in my campaign there are some that I really like that I can't talk about because <laughs> Emily hasn't met them yet. Mm. <laughs> I have, I'm impeding the conversation by being here. <laughs> we'll make Emily take her headphones off and you can tell me. Oh, wait, except she edits it. Um. <laughs> mm, yes. mm, tricky, tricky. Uh, actually, I really like, there's an NPC called Onana, who Emily's character did meet a little bit. She is really fun to play. She's just very, um, I can't say much about her. She's a fortune teller, but she's very intense. And I just like inhabiting her for a while because she has this very weird, intense voice that I feel is a kind of unsettling. And I just, I just love to fall <laughs> into that and talk to people as her. You also say that my character met her. And the thing is that my character doesn't really meet people because she is the most awkward person on the like face of the world. So just kind of like existed in the same space. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that is why in uh, the last time you, you met her, you were, like, forced to meet her. Like, people literally pushed your character yeah. towards her, yeah. and it was very awkward and amazing, <laughs> and I ate it up. Is the character acting something that you have in mind when you're building your characters, or is that something that sort of comes later in the natural storytelling process for you? Uh, it comes early. I want to I want to be prepared. <laughs> I need to be prepared. <laughs> like, uh, for NPCs, like, I will write down, like, personality traits, just, like, quickly jotting down, like, personality, uh, what their voice might sound like. Sometimes I'll write down what their voice sounds like, but the voice that comes out is something else entirely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for, like, a PC, I will have their their voice in mind and their personality in mind and kind of try to practice a little bit beforehand, if I can. That can be tricky, though. Like, uh, I'm playing in a game right now that isn't D&D. It's like a temporary campaign of a game called Heart, uh, which is this very weird horror game that's all about delving into this very weird living dungeon. And the character creation in that is so different than D&D. And the characters are all so weird. So it's like harder to inhabit a character like that where the concepts are so bizarre and so strange. I'm kind of struggling with that a, a little bit where I got so used to D&D where I know exactly like all the rules and like the world that I'm supposed to play in and then I'm thrown into this very odd horror game where I'm this like very strange elf witch who's like slowly losing her mind and there's like someone who's fully made of spiders. It's a, it's a whole mess. <laughs> oh, okay. Huh. <laughs> yeah, I could see how that would be challenging to play. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But it has something that is really cool, which is um, this system uh, called beats, where before every session you choose two beats that you want your character to hit. So it's like story beats. It's like, I want my character to um, get injured in this way, or I want my character to meet somebody who hates them, or I want my character to find like a landmark that's important to them. And that's a really cool concept, I think, that could be kind of applied to other games, because it kind of does help with character building 
like in the game. As someone who likes to plan a lot of things out when you're like building characters, like playing other systems that are a little more loose, has that altered your perspective on how you approach character building? A little bit, sort of. I'm still learning. <laughs> I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> so there's still they're like there's still like a mental book somewhere on this character that you're you're playing in this other game. Yeah. Do you find that when you're creating characters that you sometimes pick aspects of them um, you know, in some way or another, like either in their character or their accent or whatever, that are things that you want to experiment with? Do you come up with a character and then have to to sort of reconcile like oh wait I have to be this person like are these challenges that you're that you're seeking out are they challenges that you're kind of accidentally stumbling into and potentially regretting in the beginning yeah all of that I would say like with the character I just mentioned with the the heart game it's kind of like oh like I love this character and that's like oh no I have to be this character that's a bigger <laughs> challenge than I was anticipating for my D&D character that I play regularly I specifically made her <laughs> I feel like I'm roasting her right now I kind of made her not <laughs> super smart <laughs> because I knew A, I'm going to be playing kind of later in the evening where my brain is dead mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. B, like, I haven't played in a long-term campaign, really, at all. Like, this is my first very, like, extended one, and I wanted to be kind of easy on myself. And I gave her an accent that I knew that I would be okay at doing for a long time. But she's still a fully fleshed-out character. It's just I wanted to kind of make it a bit easier on myself, and that's working out really well, I think. I think the problem I'm having uh, is that I'm thinking about, like, my experiences with character building and realizing we build characters pretty much the exact same way. <laughs> I had a feeling that might be true. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I just think it's interesting that, like, sort of, you're, when you're playing games that rely on different systems and one sort of forces you to be a little more open to different things happening, like, it doesn't change how you think about it, but it also, like, it requires you to because those things can't be set in stone versus like in something like D&D &D, like you're gonna wiggle around a bit and and you might veer off the track completely but like there's a lot more to sort of like build in all of those like story you know backstory and story beats that you want to hit with this character and the journey that they're going on exactly and it's interesting like some people will say that D&D &D is harder to improv in because of all the rules and the format and like I understand where that's coming from but for me having that basis allows me to improv more because I'm more comfortable and I know like I have a better background of like understanding where I'm coming from if that makes sense whereas when everything is just kind of open around me I'm kind of just like oh I'm floating in space I don't know where <laughs> I'm going but it's a, it's a fun challenge though yeah I think there are some advantages to having well I mean people like to talk about things being on rails in games a lot but I, I think having having sort of guardrails for what you're doing with a character can be really useful because oh, it, guardrails like, I yeah because it because it's still you still have have like a lot of play with the road that you're taking and the turns that you take with a character it's just you can't immediately plunge off into oblivion <laughs> which I think is yes. very comforting for a lot of people absolutely like the more you know your character the more risks you can take with them because you know them and you know what will happen or how they're going to react and that's a good thing to fall back on have you had times where you were playing a character where uh, I mean not not in the sense of the roles doing something that you had to respond to necessarily but more in terms of character development 
development, do they surprise you sometimes? Oh, for sure. Yeah. There's always circumstances where like, if I had been thinking about it ahead of time, I would assume they would do one thing. But then in the moment, they do something completely different, like as if I'm not in control of them. And I love that. It's wild, but I love it. <laughs> sometimes, okay, there's this specific thing that happens if you play a tabletop game and you're doing like role playing that I think people will understand if they do that. You go into a kind of fugue state <laughs> where if the like if the focus is on your character all of a sudden everything just sort of goes blank around you and you're saying stuff and things are happening and then afterward you're like I'm not sure what just happened <laughs> <laughs> all of this said of like the the types of things that you really enjoy about like character creation and the types of characters you like to play and like the things you think about are there characters and this could be as minute as like I will never play like a certain class are there characters that you just like don't have any interest in playing because I feel like there are people I know who play D&D or other tabletop games who are just like I I'm never gonna play a wizard or I'm never gonna play this type of character because it's like too much or it's like I'm not interested in that oh yeah probably um hmm I don't know about classes I don't know I'm kind of open as for D&D &D, I'm kind of open to to any class but I keep kind of there's like definitely ones that I'd go for above other ones um it's more character personalities or types I guess like for NPCs it's whatever but for PCs like don't play a lot of boys for starters don't play a lot of like I don't know how to how to describe it like I don't like playing very mean characters but that doesn't mean they can't be like smarmy or sassy right it's, it's <laughs> the the like alignment chart sort of situation where it's like or it's like when a video game gives you the choice of like you can be rude to this person and it's like oh but I'm I don't want to be rude to that person <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a challenge that I'm having in the heart game with the character that I have there. Is she's not like a great person. She's not a nice person. She's very sort of above it all. And that's a challenge to play. Like when you're playing with your friends and you want to be like, you know chill. As an NPC, like, it, I don't know, like, there's something that flicks off in my brain as the DM. I can be as mean or as uh, whatever as I want, but as a PC, it's a different vibe. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, because cause when you're DMing, the characters, I, I think, take a little bit of a backseat to their function in the story, like the sort of person that they are. But when you're playing a character, you're thinking about your character and your character's motivations. And if you're thinking too much about the role that they need to play in the story, then you're getting into metagaming territory and it's probably, you're probably not doing a great job as a player at that point if you're trying to do the DM's job as well. Yeah, 100%. You've mentioned, you know, building these characters with like a lot of backstory and a lot of forethought. Have there been moments where you've thrown a lot of that out for something that's happened in game to sort of come along and change that? Or do you typically try to stay to like the information that you tried to establish? I typically stick to what I have in mind or what I've written. But what does change sometimes is like I'll have some event that happened in my backstory story that as I'm playing along, I'll suddenly realize like, oh, that's why they reacted that way. Or that's why that happened. I, I hadn't fully like fleshed it out before. As you play, you, you understand motivations and things like that more. Yeah, that's such a cool thing too, because it's like you, you wrote the motivations, you like have that information yeah. and then you get to discover that. It's like, oh, I, I did that. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's a little treat. Yeah. Um, yeah, like character building never really stops. Like after you build the character, then 
then you're building the character for as long as you play that character. Oh, that's so, I'm sorry, I'm getting, like, really excited now, because it's, like, that's, what's so, I think, so interesting about the the topic that you brought is that, like, there is something very joyous, like, for sitting down with that, like, clean character sheet, and, like, writing all your stats in, or typing all your stats in, or whatever, (laughs) and, like, writing all the information down, but, like, that isn't where it stops, like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's a whole experience, oh, I love it, it's a whole experience. I know, oh, I love it, and, like, again, like, how it differs from, from writing a, a character for a story or something like that is like you you build this character and you spend this time building this character and then you just get to like set them free in a world and I love that they just like grow and and change on their own depending on what happens and it's just so cool it's so cool <laughs> man now I just want to play D&D shit right <laughs> <laughs> Next week, next week. Right, right. <laughs> Do you find that there's a, a a part of the process that you are even, I mean, because I know you you enjoy the entire process, like, with, with these characters, but is there a part that you feel a little bit biased towards um, that you enjoy the most or maybe the opposite, a part that you don't like as much? Like, what is there a point between initially coming up with the idea for a character or even needing to come up with the idea for a character and then actually, you know, continuing to play them in something more long form? Is there a point that's the bit that gets you the most excited? I think it's honestly, it's like, it's right before sitting down to write everything out about them. That moment where they're just an idea that you feel like you have a a good concept of, and then you get to bring them to life. Like that excitement before they even exist when you're just about to create them, if that makes sense. I I don't know, I just I love thinking about them. (laughs) It's such a nerdy thing. I love these (laughs) fictional people that are in my head. Um, (laughs) But I really do. (laughs) Then it depends, like what kind of character creation they're going into. Like, there might be some stat thing that I, I might not like as much. I, I actually really enjoy making character sheets and stuff like that, but sometimes if it gets too crunchy, or if there's, like, math involved, then hmm, not great with the math. <laughs> Love when a sheets do it for me. That is <laughs> ideal. Thank you, D&D Beyond, for just being like, I Truly. just do all that. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please sponsor this podcast. Yeah, really. Uh, you know where to find us. Do you have a character that you haven't built yet, or you haven't been able to play yet or build as an NPC that you like are currently like really excited to like try out or are you like someone who's more like once the idea of like hey we're gonna do a D&D campaign do you need that prompt of ideation or are you sitting on like something really good that you're really excited about right now I'm sitting on a few and they have nowhere to go they're just chilling I have nothing to do with them I have no idea when I'll ever play them but I just I really want to can you like talk about one of them because I'm really interested (laughs) oh my gosh okay uh which one should I pick um so I'll throw back to the first time that I played D&D, and Emily, I can't remember if you were involved in this or not. My first D&D character was this uh, kind of a throwback to some of my early pre-D&D characters. She was like this suburban mom, or like the fantasy equivalent of this like suburban mom who was like really involved in her community, and then she died. And that is where the story picks up for her as like this undead. At the time, my first time she was an artificer, I think or an alchemist, which didn't make any sense for a first-time player. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> it's really challenging. But I really want to bring her back as, like, a death cleric suburban mom. I just have this idea for her revamped now that I know how to play d d <laughs> that I would just love to play. She's just, like, this very, um, like, motherly, peppy uh, character who also a zombie, so. How often do you find that that happens where you want to revisit a concept that you've already kind of retread with, like, new information? 
or do you feel like you've do you feel like you've told a character's story and you're like and now I'm done with it? I think if the character had the chance to kind of have a full story, then I'm kind of done with it. But if they just kind of started something and then never got the chance to really fully live, then I'll find myself kind of pining for that again. Yeah. <laughs> I think it might be fair to ask in terms of character creation, do you have any characters that that other people have created that maybe don't directly inform the way that you create characters or the characters that you have created, but just ones that are your favorites, like that that you find ins- inspiring in terms of um, what characters can be? Like in all media or like other? Uh, I mean, I I think if you if you want to narrow it to like other people playing tabletop games, then then I think that's fine. But but if you if you need a little bit more runway, then I think. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite characters uh, in general is okay. Gosh, I don't know. That's broad. I, f- I find myself kind of drawing inspiration from all over the place. Like, I never know what's going to, like, spark, like, inspiration that'll turn into a character later. I don't know. I mean, I do watch a lot of Critical Role. I, I admire the kind of full-fledged approaches they take to, you know, inhabiting their characters. Obviously, they're, like, professionals, but definitely admire that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I love characters. <laughs> Even if, like, somebody's playing a D&D character that I would never play or never think to play like I and and if they manage to like really you know go for it I always admire that like I love that for them you know like and I and I know you had previously mentioned stuff like actual play podcasts and and those things sort of helping you like kind of get into D&D has that informed how you make characters I think I asked this because like and and not in a in a negative sense but like I I think about a lot of times it's like oh you kind of when you have that big epic picture in your head for a character like these other things that build off of D&D for storytelling. And then when you sit around the table and it's not that, like there's sort of a weird like disconnect. How do you use those things as like inspiration in in that way that you described? Like, is it aspirational? Yeah, it's more like, like, oh, like, oh, that's possible. Like, oh, they can do that. Weirdly... I don't know how to describe this. I find what draws me a lot to actual play podcasts and uh, like tabletop shows is that I've been making characters that way for so long that to find these groups of people that are doing it and it's like popular is incredible to me. It's like I found I found my people <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah. Not to say that I'm like at their level of storytelling or acting or anything like that, but just that they love characters as much as I've always loved characters and like put this effort into backstories and personality and things like that. It's like, oh, I'm not super weird. There's all of these people doing this <laughs> extremely elaborate thing. <laughs> they get it. There's something very comforting in like finding your niche reflect finally reflected out in the world like that and and sort of having that moment of like oh these people think like that too like it's it's yeah, really great it's super cool especially like hearing about D&D early on and not really jiving with it because it was so not my thing and then seeing oh like it can be like it doesn't have to be just about fighting and killing and getting loot or whatever it can be about telling stories and that's everything I want in a game is just telling stories and you know it all comes down to, to storytelling stories need characters so that's where they start for me 
Uh, typically we ask people, like, if you had to sort of elevator pitch your topic, what would you say to someone who, like, maybe, for example, like, thought has thought about trying D&D or a different tabletop game and is, like, intimidated by the idea of, like, building characters? I would say, like, you have to find the method that works for you. Not everybody wants to write paragraphs and paragraphs of backstory. Like, you don't have to be me. <laughs> Just find that little thing that makes her excited about the character and start from there. Like, and if it's D&D, go to something like D&D Beyond where it honestly does most of it for you. You don't have to do a lot of work. There's no math. And there's a lot of games out there that have very simple character creation, you know? Just find something that works for you. Like, just have somewhere to start. Find what you're passionate about the character and hold on to that. Like, you don't even have to have a fully fleshed out character before you start playing because they'll fill in themselves as you go, honestly. I have one last question. I, I'm I'm worried that it may be a little too general, but I, I think, I mean, it would be difficult to say, I don't want to say to you, like, what kind of character would you create if you could do anything or whatever, because I, I feel like you already have that ability, <laughs> that you can you can do that, and that it may be also a character that you want to save for, for the right time and place. But uh, I am curious, is there an existing universe or setting, uh, either, either one sort of conceptually or, or one that belongs to someone else, that if you had the chance to create a character in that universe do you have one in mind do you is there something that that seems like the best playground oh my gosh that's really hard i don't know i think i would have once upon a time when i was doing more of like the text-based role-playing because a lot of those would draw on like tv shows and stuff like that but i don't know i i I like when people make original worlds that i haven't seen before i don't know what to expect there's something really fun about that so anything The, the promise of the unknown is sometimes exciting enough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's why I love like homebrew stuff so much is you literally have no idea um, what could happen. Well, I'm excited for whatever adventure you go on, be it in a known universe or an unknown universe, <laughs> fictionally or in or reality. Amy, thank you so much for uh, taking the time to come on and talk with us today. This was so much fun. <laughs> It was fun. Thank you. Where can people find you on the internet? Uh, is there anything you want to plug? This is your space, so please feel free to promote as as you desire. <laughs> sure. Um, Twitter, I'm at AmyLiz underscore W. I actually have a cosplay Instagram, which I guess also feeds into my love of characters in general. It's at RaptorQueenCos on Instagram. That's about it. I don't have that much to plug. Awesome. Well, thank you again. This was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to Guilty Treasures. You can follow us on Twitter at TreasuresCast. If you have any questions or comments, you can always hit us up there or via our email, guiltytreasurescast at gmail.com or create an elaborate NPC to email us for you. If you have a moment, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts like Cluggy did. Thank you so much for your kind review or the service of your choice. And if you like the show, tell a friend or build a character inspired by this episode and play a rousing D&D session with all of your friends. Until next time, let the dragon in your heart be happy.